Chapter 1 She almost turned away from the man lying so still on the bed. Her mind was momentarily playing tricks, refusing to identify him, trying to keep the pain at bay. But her body already knew. Her eyes had filled with tears. Her mind reasoned it was because the poor man was so badly hurt. Then she noticed his hand lying outside the covers. It was raw and scraped, but artistic and beautifully formed. Julia shook her head, still in partial denial, and a moan escaped involuntarily. How could this have happened? He's not your relative? the nurse asked. Julia looked at the woman standing at her side, blinking away tears. This is my brother. Julia turned back to him, her eyes widening in anguish. It was no wonder she hadn't recognized Brian at first glance. Her brother was young. Now he looked like an aged, wizened old man. His skin had turned gray and slack, and he appeared desiccated, as if the vital fluids in his body had dehydrated. All that was visible of Brian's head was his shrunken face with pinched nose, sunken eye sockets, and a mouth which seemed to have withered around his teeth. The rest of his head looked enormous, covered with thick bandages. We have to move him to a private room, Julia said, still gazing at her brother. I have to talk to his doctor. He looks so... sick. Julia carefully picked up his hand. She leaned over him, putting his hand against her cheek. I'm here, Brian. You're going to be fine. There was no returning pressure from the limp fingers. She touched his brow, smoothing it, almost expecting his eyes to open. With the quick, wide smile she was used to seeing when he surprised someone with one of his famous practical jokes. But he lay still. The only movement was a slow, almost imperceptible rise and fall of his chest with each breath. We don't have private rooms, the nurse said crisply. The doctor will be making rounds this evening. You can stay if you like. In the meantime, we'll take your brother off the John Doe status. You are next of kin? Julia took a deep breath and turned toward the nurse. Yes, I want to talk to a doctor, now. The nurse explained that this was a county hospital, where the indigent, without any means to pay, were given medical treatment. There were no private rooms. The doctors rotated in from other hospitals, so speaking to one at this moment would be impossible. What if there's an emergency? We have a doctor on call at all times, the nurse said. How utterly unreassuring, Julia thought. What if there were several emergencies at the same time? I'm sure you've taken good care of my brother, Julia lied carefully. But I want Brian moved to the best hospital in Los Angeles. I'll pay for any treatment he's had. I don't know why he was sent here. He's not destitute. What happened? He didn't have identification, no wallet, no money. This is where injured and sick people go when the police don't know who they are. Lucky you found him. Julia thought she saw a shimmer of compassion on the woman's tired face before she turned and led her to the office of the hospital administrator.
where arrangements were made to take her brother to Cedar sinai Hospital in West Los Angeles. It was the hospital where the rich and famous went, the hospital with the best doctors on staff. The portly hospital administrator, who appeared as tired as his nurse, didn't seem to mind that Julia was taking away one of his critical patients, particularly since she was paying for all the medical treatment. He quickly sent for the one doctor on call who could legally sign a sick patient out of county hospital. Julia felt like she was in a haze through the next hour. Her eyes were raw and hurt with the effort to keep them from blurring. She tried to remain oblivious to a family clustered around one of the beds near Brian's, praying for their loved one to get well. The transfer was risky. Brian had sustained what could be lethal injuries. The ambulance attendants were careful. It took three of them to move Brian from his hospital bed to the stretcher.